Welcome to Study Buddy, meditation philosophy for the heart of your practice. This is a live online discussion of ancient yogic texts amongst meditation practitioners in the Shambhavananda yoga tradition. My name is Acharya Satyam, resident teacher at Konalani Yoga Ashram in Hawaii, and I welcome you with love and respect. Sutra 3.36. I'm gonna. Um, I broke the sutra down a little bit to help with pronunciation because it was these are some quite long terms. Um, so let's try it together. Beda tirakskare sagantara karmatvam. Beda tirakskare sagantara karmatvam. You can try it on your own once. The yogi drives away the field of differentiated perceptions and enters into a new world of God consciousness. So this is a very familiar concept in our tradition. Um, the idea that as we're able to dissolve difference, the feeling of difference, the feeling of being separate from or otherness, um, as we're able to dissolve that difference, um, as Swami Rujananda once taught also, that's what breaks down these walls between us and between our experience of our heart and our true nature. And that's what initiates this new world in the sutra called God consciousness. In Sanskrit, we'll see it's called Svachanda. Um, but it's this dissolving of difference that opens up this new world in us. Um, so I broke down the suture. It's about four or five um, stanzas, so to speak. We'll pull them up on the screen. We'll take some opportunities to read them. Um, my goal is, as always, to just uh, to look at the stanza, initiate maybe a comment or two, and then we'll move on and see where that takes us. Um, so for our first all right, Yogita's showing it off, looking good. <laughs> Studious. All right. So our first uh, reader, anyone want to throw their hand up real quick? In this verse, we are told they drive away the field of differentiated perception. This means the differentiated perceptions of that subjective being are kept apart from themselves. This subjective being is that individual who is residing in the sakala and pralayakala states because he has defined his ego in relation to the body. Sharira, the vital breath, prana, the self of the dreaming state, parastaka, and the self of deep sleep, Shunya, and not in relation to his own, to their own real nature of God consciousness. Thank you. Yeah. A lot of great, like Sanskrit happening in there. Way to go for it. So this is the opening paragraph. And we see here that the sort of initial moment of, of, of what causes difference is identifying with um, our 
body, our breath, our thoughts, and even what we might call the void, but that's a little confusing at this stage, identifying our ego with our, with our body, our breath, and our thoughts, rather than with our, as it puts it, our, our true nature, our real nature of God consciousness. So that seems pretty straightforward, you know, on the surface, but conceptually, you know, just taking a moment. So difference doesn't really start outside of us. Difference really starts with the way that we relate who we are. You know, so Babaji often quotes the concept of not this, I'm not my hand, I'm not, even in this case, I'm not necessarily even my breath, I'm not necessarily this thought, I'm not these anything I can point to. And when you're able to sort of stay with that and, and not identify with anything, not identify yourself with any of these individual subjective concepts, that is one way of understanding how we dissolve difference. And when we jump to identify with our body or with our thoughts, that's what begins difference. So any questions or comments on that initially? Anything uh, stir for anybody? Any comments? Okay, let's look at, oh, go ahead. Did I miss somebody? Eldo. Yeah. I was just saying, I was just thinking when I was reading this or feeling when I was reading this that I get I get the objective of saying that like I am not the body and I am not the breath, but for me it feels more true to say I am more than the body and more than the breath because technically, you know. Shiva, everything is Shiva. So we are those things. We're just not only those things. Nice. Yeah, I'm just going to sit with that for a minute. Thank you for bringing that up. The individual... Okay, because they've defined their ego in relation to these things, because they've defined their ego in relation to, they define their limited self. Right, I think if we're willing to stay with that um, perspective and to really have it keep opening us up, I am this, I'm also this, this is also Shiva, this, as in the Guru Gita says, this too is Shiva, this too is Shiva, right? It, those, those stanzas that repeat themselves. Um, I think that absolutely takes us there. I wonder if in this sutra, if it's saying we're stopping with each thing. Oh, this is me. Oh, no, no, this is me. And it's not like inclusive. It's more like, oh, it's this. Now it's this. Now it's this experience. Now it's this thought. That could be maybe how this, how the sutra is sort of pointing out the slippery slope possibly since one but you know, I, I really like what you brought up because it also sort of illustrates the more positive direction of how we can use these things to grow and in case you're wondering sakala and pralaya kala 
are sort of referring to that the states of uh, creation and dissolution. And so in the sutra, it's saying, and this is just for everybody, because I was planning on defining those terms, but this, this individual is constantly living in a world that's being sort of created and destroyed, created and destroyed, created and destroyed, created and destroyed, never sustained. There's no sustenance of awareness in this state where we're identifying with each thought or identifying with each action. So that does make me think that the sutras is, is sort of pointing out that that's the tendency that leads to difference. This is a good one. I really, I feel like there's something in the, in this stanza that really makes me realize that difference starts with how I'm relating to my reality, not about the other person so much, not as much as we think. Okay. Yeah. I just got my book. <laughs> the Sanskrit word Tarakshakara, which um, do we only change the he? We don't change the I, right? Which I am rendering as drives away does not mean they totally ignore this differentiated, differentiated uh, perception. Here, drives away indicates that he ignore that they ignore it through the mind, although internally they do everything that other individuals do. They are not attached to those differentiated perceptions. So although they live in these differentiated perceptions, the nature of his God con of their God consciousness shines forth and these perceptions subside. I, I can relate to this paragraph better than the one before because it's, it's like, it, yes, there are differences out here but the the god consciousness shines within me no matter what's out here mm. you're good at sort of interpreting these quickly yogita that's pretty cool usually when you, it's like that was a lot to read and then interpret and then comment on right away so way to go so yeah i mean i think you you just encapsulated it really well there's always going to be differences out here but there's something inside that can shine through those differences in any situation. Yeah, and I'm glad I have the book because now I can read it beforehand also. Mm. Yeah, okay. Give me one sec. I'm just gonna, I think I realized your volume is so low. Okay, got it. Oh, I see. So that's great you were able to read this beforehand. Um, Excellent. So let's see. That's about the, I think that's the last half of the stanza that really focuses on that concept. Um, and then the first half is about this concept of driving away. Um, but let's stick with that last half for a second. Um, although they internally, they do everything that other individuals do, they're not attached to those perceptions. And I really thought this was powerful. Although they live in these differentiated perceptions, live in them, like in them. Um, God consciousness shines forth and the perceptions subside. You know, we've all heard the term and her Babaji refer to it many times, you know, in the world, but not of it. Right. Uh, like the Yogi can, can live in the world, but they're not made of it. That's not all they are. And so we don't have to push anything down. We don't have to contain anything or, or push it to the side. We can literally be in the world and fully immersed in it 
And by using our practice, the, our true nature will shine through it. It, it, it won't, it, there's no way it can limit that experience. Gita, thanks. Thanks. I think this is really uh, pertinent to uh, this week's um, shooting in Texas. I mean, the, there's all this stuff that's happening in the world all around us, whether it's Ukraine, whatever. But what this is saying to me, these perceptions subside. I don't have to get emotionally in, in wrapped up in them or be tensed by them because I can rest kind of like Yogita just said in the consciousness, in the God consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's a, a real uh, salve for um, being in alive today, I think. Right. Well, thanks, Gita. And I think those comments are absolutely sort of necessary and things that we need to constantly, you know, sort of reflect on through this powerful lens that we have, uh, because this lens of our practice is, is able to actually transmute those very real experiences. Um, I mean, for me, the most powerful aspect is that our work does not revolve around the perceptions themselves. Our work revolves around this internal focus that can't be limited by these experiences of difference. Um, it's like right there in the, it's like right there in the equation. It's like this internal focus cannot be limited by these perceptions of difference. Like it's, you know, and the only reason it, is limited by them because watching the news is incredibly challenging for all of us or you know there's just so many layers to that um if it if we are limited by it it's because we're identifying more with what we're perceiving than what we are right so it's it's almost like okay we like the equation is absolutely in, in our favor. Um, but are we doing it, you know, because, uh, it's all too easy as the beginning of the sutra said to simply identify with what's putting, what's put in front of you. This is, Oh, this is me. Now this is me. Now this is me. Now this is me. And I think that's a great segue to the first half of the stanza where we get to look at this word tiraxkare, tiraxkare, um, which Swami Lakshmanju says he's rendering as drives away. Um, but he says drives away 
uh, does not mean they totally ignore, like they just push it away, uh, their perceptions. And then he, he says in his own way, luckily we have a lineage that's told us this concept in so many ways. Uh, he says, here drives away indicates that they ignore it through the mind. Okay, I, that's, I'm like, what does that mean? Ignore it through the mind, ignore it through the mind. You know, it's like, but remember, he's, you know, a teacher, but we have teachings, you know, in our lineage that have definitely helped us understand what does it mean to drive away difference? You know, the word we most commonly use, of course, is surrender. Surrender is a very active thing that we do. Um, it literally drives away difference. And in a way, surrender is sort of like ignoring something, but that's a very that's limited understanding of surrender. It might be how we first understand it or how Babaji, he always takes time when he talks about surrender to be like, it doesn't mean I give up because he knows that's like the very first way you interpret the word surrender. It's in there, but it doesn't stop there. So this concept of ignoring something, a little bit there in surrender, but it's something more. So what are you doing when you're watching the news and this stuff is just coming at you? Well, to be perfectly honest, Babaji's told us numerous times that sometimes you got to turn it off. You do have to just fully ignore it. That, that's real. Um, other times when, you know, it, there's a subtle uh, work that can go on that can actually, you know, inform your practice. So Swami Lakshmanju is translating Tirakskare as drives away. You know, I think our lineage interprets it as this word surrender, you know, but there's, there's room for you to feel with it. Yeah, Tara. I was thinking um, of discernment um, as far as going so deeply within so as to discern what is my soul's work with it. What is my karma and my dharma with this particular moment in this particular experience? And then moving from that space. And that discernment is what guides your inner and potentially, you know, extends into your outer engagement with it. So it's coming from a very deep place, but it's this uh, sense of discernment of you're not just reacting, you're sitting and experiencing it through your own particular manifestation and your particular work and engagement with it or not Thank you. sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i just i okay cool i'm just sort of feeling with that word that's such a powerful and articulate word discernment and i feel like discernment has this feeling of uh, similar to the word difference, it means to, well, there's a lot of subtlety to it, especially to the level that you bring it up. Discerning is to be able to tell apart, you know, to tell apart. And as you said, what we're telling apart is, well, actually, that's a really good question. What are we telling apart? 
you said karma and dharma. Oh, and somebody unmuting. They want to answer that. Um, who interrupts me if you want to. Um, I want to just follow up with that. I definitely agree with Tara. Um, what I initially pulled from this sutra is having the beautiful option of choices and different perceptions that we can take um, and just recognizing that you have the option to take different perceptions. And I personally recognize that um, I really <laughs> related to not ignoring, but choosing a different perception. Thanks, Kara. I'm just sort of feeling with that for a moment. And ultimately, the perception we're seeking is... What do you think, Kara? You know, like if you're going to say it's about being able to choose different perceptions, what's at the heart of the one you want to choose? Is there anything that? I think just recognizing the consciousness behind the choices. Okay. And I'm big on going within and just knowing. It's really hard to describe, but I feel like just leaning into knowing that there are different perceptions you can take, therefore having a very wide view, mm -hmm. God consciousness. That's just kind of how I'm relating to the sutra. Absolutely. And what I'm hearing you say there is that consciousness defines the, the one you want to choose is usually going to be the one that's the most conscious. The one that feels, you said, feels right. The one that is, you know, and I think that's referring to this intuition inside. Because when Tara, when you were saying karma and dharma, you know, that is saying that there's like, there's a, there's a place for this moment. Um, there's a, this is on the path. This is on my path. Um, and, and I have to sort of do this inner work to sort of, to know how to engage with this perception, whether it's the news or something at work or whatever you're, that's in front of you that you are actually engaging with. And I think, Kara, what you're saying is it's not like a, something you think about. How do I, how do I relate to this? It's more like you have to go inside and that it's intuitive because karma and dharma, you know, karma, you know, those terms, maybe it's the first time you've heard some of, maybe one of them, but these terms refer to ways in which we work that free us. And therefore to work in such a way requires surrender, requires this inner work because this truth that's informing our decisions and our choices, as far as I can tell, when you define sat, chit, and nanda, and being 
is the sat part, but being is also translated as truth. So there's something about who we are that knows what's true in a situation, that knows what's our dharma, that knows what's the growth option, and that we're not really having to do some kind of pro-con list, as Babaji's told us numerous times, not necessary. But we got to do this surrender or drive away difference, you know, it, however the sutra wants to say it. Yeah, and that, that gives us that path. So, I, Bob, yeah, I saw you're nodding your head there. Go for it. Yeah, I like that Kara used the word recognition at least four times. And, uh, <laughs> thinking about Baba's book, uh, Doctrine of Recognition, and I've always heard uh, other saints also talk about recognition, recognizing the deepest part of yourself uh, as you go through your day, as you go through your experiences, and keeping your recognition on the part of you that leads you in the direction that you really wish to be going. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Cara. Thanks, Bob. Another key term, yeah, recognition, the Praya Bigger Hadayam is called the Recognition Sutras. You know, one of the last Niyamas is Ishwara Pranidhana, which means spontaneous recognition, Babaji's book. I think Dharma and Yogiti's upcoming topic is about that. So we're in the flow here. Excellent. So any last comments or questions before we do a little, we'll free write. Oh, Anju, go for it. And Kailasi next. No rush. Go for it. I was just going to say that um, what I really like about this or what's kind of standing out to me too and what people are saying is, um, you know, that the sutra really points out that it's, it's really subtle. Like, if you're just going about your day, you're not going to know who's tuned in necessarily to their God consciousness and who's just acting you know, without that practice and that ability to kind of connect within. And I think what's really special is, you know, that we have a amazing living, you know, guru and teacher and Babaji and that, you know, we have books and videos and stuff of some of our lineage teachers as well that can kind of show it in action. And it so it becomes inspiring to, you know, know that it's possible because it's not easy to do, <laughs> especially when you're faced with something really challenging that's really pulling at you. Um, and so it's, it's really nice to have that inspiration and to see how the work has been done and to know that by doing that same work, we can, we can all get there. Hmm. Thanks, Anju. Yeah, absolutely. Just to see passed down these practices for literally a, this one for a millennia. And it's also calling upon practices that precede it. And then to have the same work attested to by our lineage of the last hundred years, you know, just showing that it's still working. Yeah. Incredible resource. Thank you. Okay, Lassie, you wanted to offer a comment? Yeah, I was just going to say that I've been having this experience of, um, of like the veil and Many times I find myself reminding myself 
to keep my awareness behind the veil. I don't know if that makes sense or not. This is just my my experience, but it's like it's like keep hmm. your awareness behind the behind the veil. It, it doesn't mean that you are neglecting or or what, how do I say it or or saying that there aren't these things kind of out there on the other side of the veil, this veil of illusion. But I, there's something in me that just keeps saying, you know, just draw back behind the veil, keep part of your awareness behind the veil. So that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of like, I don't know, it's just, that's just has been coming to me a lot lately. And, and when you read this, it reminds me of it. So it's, you're not, you're not negating that, you know, everything that's out there, but you're just immersing yourself kind of behind this this veil, this veil, so. Hmm. Thank you. I just want to like sit, I want to be behind the veil for a moment because it's just, <laughs> it's so visceral. I want to just like feel that like. <laughs> I mean, meditation is so subtle in the way that it's trying to teach us how to do that and because when we when we turn inside it's 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 not like we're turning in by pushing away things we're trying to learn how to how to feel what's behind the veil just it's like okay let's set aside half an hour or you know hours um to try to feel the space that's behind the veil and then Obviously, the pathway there is well-trodden, so we can do it in more intense times during the day. But to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of times in between the intense times when behind the veil isn't so far away. You know, it's really just almost as there's a lot of times during our day that are just as quiet as our time on the cushion, you know, but we, you know, we reach for our phone or we reach for, you know, something, I don't know, there's a million things. When in reality, it's like that time is that moment is just as quiet. You know, I know new parents, probably not that way. You know, there's a lot new job, new town, and there's a lot of times. And of course, that's not the case. But this space behind the veil is it's really just a matter of like, you know, feeling for it and i think it's appropriate kailasi that you said does that make sense a couple of times because it shouldn't make sense to the mind it can't make sense right to the to the programming of the mind so it's it's but it's so beautiful that we have a space where we could talk about this and it's real and we can do it together so it makes a lot of sense Just sort of scanning, see if there's any last comments or questions, feel free, or follow-ups. All right, Dharma? Yeah, I'm just thinking of the ignore with the mind. And I have been working just this week with sort of, um, you know, broadening the visual field. So instead of focusing on one thing, just softening. <laughs> and then doing the same with whatever I hear you know, just softening and not focusing on one particular thing and not even having to name 
the sounds so that they're not differentiated. And so there is perception. I was thinking of the itch too, and Babaji talks about an itch, you know, and that that's the, you know, the touch sensation. And it's one thing to, to scratch the itch, it's another to ignore, you know, I was thinking of that. So mm. that the mind can be treated in the same way, that it's more perception happening. And that there's that sort of witness perspective that can be, you know, that can be taken. Mm. Yeah, the itch, the itch one sounds, it's so, it's funny hearing you put it in those terms, almost be like, oh, I wish I had an itch that I could ignore. Because it's so like, that's it. Like, you're like, ah, oh, that's the thing. That's the thing we're trying to do with everything else. I want to test it. I'm sure there will be one coming up if I asked for it. Um, but I think your concept of softening is, is, you know, exactly what Kailasi was referencing, you know, like softening to the periphery is the same as going behind the veil. I've heard Babaji say on multiple occasions, what do we, you know, inside doesn't mean like literally inside, you know, it's like, what doesn't mean like in my shirt, in my chest, you know, it, he's like, oh, okay. So what, where's inside? It's like, oh, softening that's inside. Oh, behind that's inside. Oh, the heart that's inside, but it's like, they're all inside. And so this isn't like a rejection of what's outside because rejecting outside doesn't bring inside. It's like, you got to do something special, like what you're naming. And ignoring the itch sounds like such a great expression because what does it mean to ignore the itch? you can't really ignore it. You're feeling the itch. So what does it mean to ignore it? It means to, to do what, to just, to have your energy going somewhere else, where, how, these are good things to, to ponder. Um, this is like, you know, for me, this is what Jnana yoga is. It's like, you won't take an itch for granted next time you have it because you've seen its relationship, you know, to the, to our practice now. Speaking of our practice, we're at the last 20 minutes. So please feel free to shuffle around in your seat and get situated for, uh, for meditation together. Grab a sip of water, scratch an itch while you're, while you can. Thanks. Veda Tirakskare Sargantara Karmatvam. This yogi drives away the field of differentiated perception and enters into a new world of God consciousness. So take a moment to feel, feel your world of differentiated perception. We're not trying to push it away. We're not going to try to grow it, of course, but where are we at? We're all in different rooms. We're all in different bodies. We're all in different 
interstates, depending on how our day went emotionally, different time zones. And so just feel it's all around you, right? The text says we're in it. Even if you ran out the room, you'd be in another state of perception. So what do we do with it? Well, first, just sit still and, <clears throat> and try to breathe smoothly. I know it seems remedial for, for some people who have been practicing for a long time, but starting simple, but really starting somewhere can be really helpful. So how is the state of your body? Can you, do you feel sort of that weightless um, balanced point? If not, you know, maybe a little articulation down through the sit bones could help naturally lift the heart without too much effort. And then a little bit of movement to find that buoyancy, allowing yourself to arrive at that state. And in just a few moments, we can feel a difference between the perception of our body as it was before and this lighter perception of it. We drove away, so to speak, our body as different and we sort of arrived with just a little bit of movement a little bit of effortless effort at a lighter state And we do the same with our breath, but it's a more delicate instrument. A little bit of effort goes a long way with the breath. Just making it even and smooth is plenty. And here we experience the breath as difference. You can feel there's an inhale, there's an exhale, there's your effort mostly. How do we drive away this difference? There is a quality of ignoring something. 
You know, it sounds vague, but there is a quality of that in trying to loosen your grip on the breath, for example. You're almost trying to ignore maybe if you're breathing exactly in as much as you're breathing out. Trying to step back a little bit. Zoom out might be another way of saying ignore. That's a little bit clearer. When we meditate, we breathe just like everybody else. So what's the difference? The sutra says, we are not attached to the differentiated perceptions. We're not attached to the inhale or the exhale. We're trying to let it flow. As you bring the mantra, hum to the inhale, sa to the exhale, it doesn't make you control the breath more. It helps you let the breath flow more. It gives you something else to focus on other than your grip on the breath.
most of the time we feel our grip and our work is to feel something else. Letting the breath flow naturally takes a lot of practice. It's an experience you can't force. As Babaji said in his recent satsang, you have to surrender into it. that subtle grip that we have on the breath is that ego defining itself in terms of the breath. You can feel how persistent it is. But as we focus beyond our grip on the breath and we, on the heart, for example, we can allow this breath flow to shine through. Our contracted state. So let your awareness draw towards the heart as you inhale. 
And as you exhale, imagine that space of the heart getting brighter and brighter as it shines forth, as the sutra puts it. And for the last minute, allow the eyes to open softly if they aren't already. And you can play with the concepts that were presented in class of keeping your awareness behind this veil of perception, which is whatever you see, think, feel, what's behind it, or what's at the edges, what's that soft edge it also accomplishes the same thing. 
driving away, differentiation. through surrender. Thank you everyone for your focus tonight. Namaste. I did have one last thing I wanted to share with you and that's why I stopped about two minutes early. Um, and that is something I'm really excited to share. Uh, it's, it's called, I'm calling it the Palm Sutras because it's sutras that fit in the palm of your hand. Okay, what is this? Well, it's a sheet of paper that you print out that I made. Oh, oh wait, you know what? I, I shouldn't, I'm not, I'm, I'm more tech than that. Boom, there it is. Okay, it's a sheet of paper. I know that looks crazy right now, but it's because I've utilized every inch of this paper and you fold it according to these lines I put on there, I talk, I wrote it all out on the paper. It's you fold it once, you fold it twice, and then you fold it a third time, and you've got your own little sutra book. And I'm going to zoom in on that real quick. Oh, sure. He tested it on me to see if uh, I could follow the directions, and I successfully folded it correctly. I did not it correctly the first time and then he updated the instructions <laughs> on the fold lines so if i can do it you guys can do it and it's totally worth it it's really really fun cool. and fits all hand sizes <laughs> <laughs> thanks are you gonna email it to us how do we get it yeah exactly so right away um well I'm going to put it on for this first round. I'm going to put it on um, Song of Friends as a link. So you just go to Song of Friends, click the link, boom, and you can print it out from the link. Because I wanted to update it based on our conversation tonight. Um, I'm realizing I wanted to like articulate a little bit differently. Um, at Shoshone and Eldo, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have Jatila or anybody who wants to do it. I just, you know, pointing them out right now. And then maybe Tashi or Devananda, whoever wants to print them out and just give them to people. If you could, it'd be nice, be awesome. Um, at the morning meeting, for example. Um, and then the idea is that there's a portion of the sutra, place for reflection, um, as you can see on the far side of the screen over there. Um, and a drishti, a focal point, that sort of makes the sutra into a single pointed focus. And then there's the second half of the sutra we talked about tonight, and it has the same idea. And then on the back, there's a spot to do a little drawing and write a haiku based on your experience. Uh, I know some of you are like, I'm never gonna do that. Well, I challenge you to try it. I think drawing a still life as a meditator makes a lot of sense. Um, and then a haiku, I mean, what could be simpler? Um, so I think the point of this is to generate conversation, right, for our next class together, which is in a week. Uh, if anybody has comments, we'll start from there and then we'll just keep going through the sutra. Um, again, look for this on Sangha Friends. I'm going to probably finish it right after this class, put the link up. Um, anyway, thanks for your time. I think it went a minute over, but thanks everybody and look forward to seeing you next week. Check it out on Sangha Friends for your Palm Sutra of the week.